0: Hello, my name is Adam, and join me in the Peaking Into Success podcast, where each episode we have a special guest and delve into the highs and lows of their career, as well as how they made their way to becoming so successful. Please find Peaking Into Success on Spotify and other great podcast platforms.
1: Hello. I'm Daisy Ray. Welcome to the Talk Poetry to Me podcast. This is the podcast that highlights and amplifies local spoken word artists and poets from around the East Midlands. Joining me is accomplished poet and spoken word artist Sarfraz Ahmed. Sarfraz has been writing poetry for over 20 years and has contributed to many anthologies and magazines in his time. He is the author, of the ramblings of a romantic poet and the gift of poetry. Sarfraz attends open mic events regularly. I've seen him perform at Real Talk in Derby myself. He is a proper smiley chap and a pleasure to talk to. So today we're dipping into his journey and of course we'll be treated to some of his heartfelt poetry. But before we jump in, Sarfraz, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me, Daisy. It's an honour to be here today and share my passion of poetry that I've been writing for 20 years. But it was only recently, um, in the last couple of years, in lockdown, where I got published and then things really kind of kicked off. The 84 Pins Poetry Collection got started and, and I released that. And that's when uh, my poetry got global. In fact, to be honest, and I shared it online and it started going all across the world, especially America. So, yeah, crazy.
1: What made you want to start writing poetry in the first place?
0: It, it was one of those things that just kind of happened. I always loved poetry. I loved Maya Angelou. She was one of my favourite poets. Actually, I was helping my sister move out of her bedroom, as you kind of do. And But she had a box of these little poems, all cutouts, and one of them was Maya Angelou. And I said to her, you know what, I can write like this. And she kind of said to me, you know, as siblings do, well, why don't you? Well, why don't you? What's stopping you? And so I did. The early poems, they were more like rants and rhyme and kind of all sorts of things. But the interesting thing is I've still got those early poems and they've been, um I call them reimagined and reworked for a new audience. And I want to release them at some point. But in the early years, I wrote in secret. I felt the need to not tell people. I think about two or three people knew. knew.
1: Is it because the subject matter was personal?
0: Yeah, it was all personal. I mean, the first book was never meant to be published. Nobody was supposed to read those personal thoughts of mine. Honestly, Daisy, they were such a personal, personal thing. And I, and I never thought people would be reading them and enjoying them. I think that's the key thing people often think that I go home to a a little office and sit there and and write. It doesn't work like that. I have a little books with me now where I kind of write my thoughts and ideas and my inspiration.
1: In a roundabout fashion, I've got Maya Angelou and your sister to thank for starting you off and sparking you off in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And thank goodness you didn't stay shy.
0: I think the readers like your poetry, but they want to know about the poet. They want to know know about the writer. That's true. The first edition of eighty four pins poetry collection was a was only a, a little tiny book with no pictures, no bio- biography. didn't ha- It didn't even have a contents page. But people were buying it.
1: So more of a chapbook, book, really. Then,
0: and I got loads of messages starting coming from uh, America mostly, and they were buying it there, and um, and that's where I met Annette Tarpley, who's uh, the founder of this this Facebook site called Passion of Poetry. And me and her just, we got on like a house on fire. I asked her one day, Daisy, well, which of the poems do you like? And she goes to me, I like all the romantic ones.
1: Aww.
0: And up till then, I never thought I wrote anything romantic, ever. And so she coined the term, the romantic poet. A couple of months later, we decided to write a book together. Yeah. Called Two Hearts. Uh, a Journey of Heartfelt Poetry, it was that book that actually taught me and it was the uh, it was the publisher at the time that actually I learned how to put, put books together. Okay. I wasn't so popular then, which I'm grateful for, which I wasn't so busy. And it was left to me and it was the publisher that actually, me and her spent hours and hours working on the manuscript, working on how things could, could look. She was teaching me what works on different formats. And this was a whole world to me. This was the world that I didn't know.
1: That's quite a steep learning curve to be on. Did learning all of that new process take you away from your actual writing though?
0: No, um, I was constantly writing, but I think when the book came out, it it was such a different experience. And actually, funny enough, it was Amazon bestseller and uh, maybe the hard work was really, really worth it, but I got a taste of fame a little bit I think that was kind of the closest I've come to it in in that yeah
1: well so far Sarfraz, you know your story is still going
0: yes it is going and it's going into more exciting times because now I've got a live audience uh that is in front of me I do uh, as you said spoken word it's nice to especially say your poetry to people that actually appreciate it you know yeah half the time as you probably know when I talk poetry you know when there's non-poetry people their eyes get glazed over they will be nice including all my siblings they'll be nice to you and they might like oh well, I like that book and they might be just, and they might talk about the book cover and they don't talk about the content
1: this podcast Sarfraz, is it's a poetry podcast and people won't even click on the button unless they already like poetry so your audience is dedicated before you even begin <laughs>
0: I I, um, and I had the gift, I call it the gift because we've got a gift of writing. And that's why one of the books is called The Gift of Poetry.
1: It is a gift. It's something that's deep within yourself and you are inspired. Everything you write has got to be inspired by something. And that creativity has to be inside you somewhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so I've been writing for 20 years. Uh, so I had a lot of material, uh, thousands of poems I had. How do you
1: decide which ones to include?
0: That's a really great question because some of you instantly know, you know that that, that there's something about this poem in there. Some poems are too personal to put out there. Good point. I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for the world to read and to engage with that. Some poetry is uh, for your well-being, it's for your mental health, but some of them are, some poetry I write instantly. Yeah. I'm beginning to end and it's done. Others, I'll call it layering. So I'll put one line, another line, and then another line, and that could take ages. And the poetry that takes the longest time is the most personal poem of things that have happened, some trauma or some incident that's actually happened. And I find that the hardest to write and that could take months.
1: So those ones, those hard ones, the ones to do with the trauma and everything... Are you using those like a form of self therapy?
0: I think it was um, uh, Ernest Hemingway uh, actually said that you know if you've had a really bad childhood, uh, you're going to make a really great poet. And I don't, I don't always agree with that. I don't. Think you have to have a bad childhood, but I think each poet, each poet, and every poet that I've met certainly have got some trauma.
1: Well, you certainly know the art of angst.
0: <laughs> yes, and they are fantastic. These poets. Just absolutely fantastic. The word that they use and they just kind of pull you in. And I think in this day and age, we all need uh poetry. We need poetry in our lives. I mean, you just have to look or go online. Just go online to Instagram or wherever. And the, the amount of people that are out there, they're sharing their work yeah. is phenomenal. And it's just big. Beca- and it's all to do with the world that we live in. And we really need to release uh some of the words and some of the things that we talk about and some of the things that we think about. Yeah. You know, I was talking to this poet, he was talking about, um uh you know, making money and all of this kind of stuff. There's not a lot of money to be made in poetry, to be honest, unless you do a lot of touring. That's the arts for you. <laughs> you do it for yourself. I said to him, who are you writing for? And then he actually said, I'm writing for myself. And I said, you know, there you go, you're writing for yourself.
1: But they're the ones people respond best to because your emotions are in there. And if you feel it then other people will feel it too. And if you're writing for the money aspect of it, then you're just writing what you think people want to hear. Yeah. And an audience will know whether it's something empty or something full of emotion.
0: Yeah, I totally, totally agree. You have got to show your vulnerability and be prepared to show your vulnerability.
1: Nicely said, Safra,
0: I agree. Because it is your vulnerability that connects you with people out there. There's an audience out there.
1: That and your passion, if you've got something to say to do with even politics and the way the world works or economics or any of that, if you are passionate about it, people will believe in what you're saying to them.
0: I think so. I think with poetry, with anything, once you put yourself out there and you open doors, people are going to start walking in and start engaging with you.
1: Nicely said.
0: Because I've certainly had that. That's exactly what's happened. You know, if you're engaging with my poetry, um, it's the poetry that comes first, if you know what I mean.
1: I understand what you're saying there. So that's a lot of where you came from and the way that you're going and how global you've gone, which is absolutely fantastic. But what's the dream? What's the future? What do you want to do?
0: Wow. So um, I I certainly want to um, publish a book each year okay i'm working on 2024 manuscript now and i want to publish my early work as well the 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 rants and the rhymes <laughs> ultimately i'd love to do more open mic i want to do workshops um yeah honestly daisy it's such a dream come true when the first book came i think i was it was in tears i thought oh my god i never thought i'll have a book out
1: Let's read some poems. Let people get to know your style, your words, how romantic you are.
0: Thanks, Daisy.
1: So I'd love to start, if I may, make a request. If you could read perhaps from your book, The Gift of Poetry.
0: Thank you, Daisy. This is Perhaps. Perhaps you are not in my destiny. Perhaps you are not in my fate. Perhaps the stars did not align for us. Perhaps it is just too late. Perhaps my love was not strong enough to hold you, mould you at will. Perhaps I have to wait a little longer until. You open your heart, let me in. Give me enough time for the stars to align. Just close enough to make you mine. Thank you. Lots
1: of us can relate to perhaps... I think you've just captured a moment in everybody's life. We've all had a perhaps moment.
0: I think there's lots of themes in my poetry, and one of them is the theme of reminiscing.
1: Yeah,
0: I do like writing as if kind of my time has gone by. I'm a bit older and wiser, and and I reminisce. But I love writing poems like that, and perhaps is uh, is one of them.
1: Thank you. Let's switch it up a little bit then and have something from one of your other books, The Ramblings of a Romantic Poet. And I was particularly taken with stars. I think that's a lovely one. And I'd love it if you could share that with
0: us. Thank you. I'm going to read stars. Over the years, I've collected stars from the sky, caged them in my ribs, left them to dry. In the darkness of night, I let them out one by one. I see the moon and the sun. The planets orbit and propel me, light up my room, flicker majestically. In the darkness of night, I rip them out of my chest. I close my eyes. I'm taken to far off places across galaxies to the far beyond. I will show the stars to the beautiful and the divine, let them sparkle and shine. I will show the stars to the one that will one day be mine. Thank you.
1: What inspired that?
0: The inspiration behind stars is actually um, a poem by Charles Bukowski called uh, Bluebird. Okay. He has a bluebird in his ribcage, in his chest, and uh, I felt that we we all have heart, we all have stars in our heart, we have something precious to give to someone.
1: Yeah. While we've still got time, I would love it if you would choose something special to you to share with us from your writings.
0: Thank you. I'm going to read "In My Heyday." This was a poem that got really a lot of attention. I, I actually submitted it to a magazine, but there were so many people um, messaging me and they were enjoying it. the last poem of the book, "The Ramblings of a Romantic Poet." I'm going to read "In My Heyday." In my heyday, I was the main attraction. Just one look from me would give many much satisfaction. With my name up in lights, glittering like a beam, I was every woman's ideal, I was every woman's dream. Turning heads wherever I would go, if you had seen me then, you would know. By the end of every night, my good looks and enigmatic charm would ensure that I would have women hanging off my every word and my arm. I was a main attraction, a cross-country train with energy flowing through my veins, ready to take anything that came along. I was full of mind, body and spirit. I was strong. I wish those days had lasted forever, that they had never come to an end. I miss those good old days and I can no longer pretend. For I remember in fondness those days when I had my youthful good looks and I was not so old and grey. But that was a lifetime ago, back in my heyday.
1: I can appreciate it back in my heyday. I am a certain age myself.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's an old poem. It's not a brand new poem. It's in the new collection.
1: It'll be new to a lot of our listeners.
0: But it's new to me because I. <laughs> but it was new to me because I I, I. I wrote it, and then it got filed away somewhere and. It's only when someone gives you recognition of anything that you give yourself recognition of it yeah. to say, yeah, you wrote it. It was sufferance, come on, it was good and so on. Um, but yeah, that was back in my heyday from the rama- Ramblings of a Romantic Poet.
1: Perfect. As is tradition now on Talk Poetry to Me, I would love it if you would recommend a poet that you love to our listeners and share.
0: Absolutely, days here, I would recommend um, a gentleman called Elliot Rubin and his book, Show Me the Banksy. Okay. And I actually dedicated the ramblings of a romantic poet to Elliot, who actually introduced me to a, a different way of writing, a different way of looking at the world. He's written, I mean, this is amazing, over 34 books. Joey the Banksy, I would say, is a, is one of his best because he's put together, I think, over 100 poems in there. Elliot M. Rubin.
1: Lovely. Thank you so much. We'll definitely look into him. That was a glowing recommendation. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our enlightening conversation. Safras, thank you for joining us today and for sharing your poetic journey, your aspirations, your inspirations.
0: Thank you, Daisy. Thank you for the opportunity to read some of my work out to, um, and to be vulnerable and to talk about how I got into poetry.
1: Thank you so much. You have been an absolute joy to talk to. And to all our wonderful listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talk Poetry to Me. Be sure to check out Safra Ahmed's work. You can find him on Facebook. Where else are you online?
0: I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm actually an administrator for the passion of poetry. So you can join that group if you wish. I'm on Instagram, Safras Ahmed Poet.
1: And I am following that one.
0: Oh, thank you. Please, uh, just find me on YouTube. Just when you put me in YouTube, put Safras Ahmed Poet. And then also that's the same for Amazon as well. And just enjoy and, and, and have some fun with what's out there.
1: Perfect. So thank you very much for all of that. So join us again for more poetic conversations that inspire. And until next time, keep the words flowing. Thank you so much, Safras. All that's left for me to say before I leave is thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to ask you to share it with your friends and family and anyone whose heart and mind loves the power of the spoken word. Let's build our community of poetic souls together. Join us on Twitter at TalkPoetry underscore to me. You can also email me at TalkPoetryToMe at gmail.com I've been Daisy Ray, and until we meet again, take care of each other.